Playing Hunter Spot the game. Load and fire. Take your power, sight, and aim, and cock and fire. With Johnny Eagle, you can miss. You've never seen guns like this from Johnny Eagle. Now take your army gun in hand. Load and fire. With Johnny Eagle, you command. You load and fire. With Johnny Eagle, lots of fun. You've never seen an army gun like Johnny Eagle. these real trophy wall plaques and think how swell they'll look in your room. Get them in sets or separately. Magumba, Lieutenant, Red River, from Johnny Eagle, by Tupper. I hate the fact that it's cool to be black these days. Good. I hate this hip-hop fucking influence on white fucking suburbia. Good. And I hate Tabitha Soren and all her Zionist MTV fucking pigs telling us we should get along. Save the rhetorical bullshit, Hillary Rodham Clinton, because it ain't gonna fucking happen. Open our eyes. Every night, thousands of these parasites stream across the border. Over two million illegal immigrants bedding down in this state tonight. just to lock up a bunch of illegal immigrants, criminals. There's nothing funny going on here. This is about your life and mine. On the Statue of Liberty, it says, give me your tired, your hungry, your poor. Well, it's Americans who are tired and hungry and poor. And I say until you take care of that, close the fucking book. going on and I don't see anybody doing anything about it. And he fucking pisses me off. This isn't our fucking neighborhood, it's a battlefield. 
make a decision. We're gonna ante up and do something about it? Oh, yeah. 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 Goddamn right. Good motherfucking evening, everybody. Thank you all very much for tuning in to another episode of The Eagle's Nest. I know usually we do the movie night tonight on Sunday, but uh, we're going to skip movie night this week because we got a very, very special guest, man. Uh, you guys may know him from the Merchant Minute or the Feddington Post or any or any of the badass music that he makes, any of the multitude of things he does. Mr. Meraki, are you there, brother? You will be humiliated when the blacks from my city slam into the blacks from your city. <laughs> Speaking of that, man, uh, the fucking the I didn't nigger even bowl. Know, I didn't even know this was Super Bowl Sunday. I, I completely got blindsided by that because I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I kind of fucking ruined uh, the plans for, <laughs> for my family as well. I guess my wife had talked to her brother, and they're all really into uh, nigger ball and shit. You know what I mean? They're all really into that kind of shit. The funny thing about it is is my sister my wife's brother uh did some time and he's got like a fucking it's always so funny being around him and, and like when he's into like talking about football and shit cuz he's got like a fucking on his kneecap he's got like a picture of a Klansman and a fucking swastika from being locked up but then he sits there and oh, like God. fucking fantasizes yeah, out on rattles, fucking Kumbo. Rattle, autistically rattles off the the stats of the <laughs> yeah. black fucking <laughs> yeah, how many fucking rushing yards fucking nigger number three had this year? Fucking dude, like <laughs> fucking I'm autistic disgusting. about some I'm autistic about some stuff that's kind of meaningless and you know not really gonna not gonna make me a bunch of money or anything or advance the human race. But um, you could pick better things to be autistic about. Like, dude, be be a regular autist and be autistic about trains. You know how much money you can make as a conductor? I mean, it's it's like being a trucker where like uh, you, you know you're not gonna have much of a family life. But uh, be autistic about something that matters. Well, that's why I think all of our guys, all of our autists should become electricians. If there were ever a trade that will sue the person's autism, it is the electrical trade. There's so fucking much involved in it. And like you can go as deep as you want. You can be very surface level, right? You can just be a, a nigger, basically, and just be what we call an installer, somebody who just puts in conduit and just like puts in fucking devices and shit. Or you can be an actual electrician and start understanding electrical theory and just all of the fucking in-depth shit that you can get into as being an electrician. And dude, I guess the electric floors are definitely making a comeback when we when we take power. <laughs> I mean, I've actually got into some uh I wouldn't want to say arguments, but kind of uh 
standoffish discussions about that because as an electrician, like there's an element to that that is true. It could be done, but where they go wrong is like you could never electrocute bodies to ash, right? You could definitely, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like that's, that's where they fuck up. It's like they get right to the point of something that's plausible and then they totally oh, blow yeah. their fucking wad. And do it. What, if, what if you had two really big Tesla coils, though? <laughs> and it what just had, it, Yeah, yeah, that would do it. I mean, don't test it out or anything because I don't want to. You know, I need the claim to be unfalsifiable. So actually, we're going to ban testing that claim. Well, the way to do it, uh, in theory, with alternating current would be to have a floor made of several metal tiles that had a small uh, insulator between them. And then anytime anybody's bare feet stepped on any two of those tiles, they would just be fucking smoked. Right. But like you're not going to. It's like way, way simpler to just like enough. Give them enough electricity to stop their fucking heart. Like, Yeah. Well, and even then, like the amount of electricity that to to make that happen would be ungodly, right? I mean, like they would have had like this huge strain on their grid. It would have been unfucking godly to make that happen. And not to mention that every time that happened, it would create a huge load on the circuit, which would most likely overload it and blow something the fuck up within just a few people. Because you know, a short isn't a natural thing. It overloads a system, and that's basically what you would be doing. Is be calling having all these people be their own human short, basically. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> fucking crazy, man. Uh, this would all be so much more believable if they just said, yeah, they, they um, you know, bullets are so cheap compared to all this bullshit. They just decided to go with simplicity, which is like, come on. The Germans are really fucking smart and really efficient, and if they were going to do something like this, they, come on. I, I, know they can, I know they can pull off all kinds of shit. Like, we wouldn't have gotten to the moon without German scientists, but... If you if you can accomplish something simply and and it, that's the cheapest most efficient way to do it that's what they're gonna do. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> firing squads were a thing for a reason, right? <laughs> There's no reason to make yeah. up all these like weird Rube Goldberg machines to to make these things happen, right? It's just fucking ridiculous. But uh, Brooklyn, probably why, probably why they they fucked around with poison gases, you know, chemical weapons in the uh, in the First World War. I mean, there was a huge reaction to that because. People don't want to be gassed to death. It's a horrific way to die. I would, I would rather be shot in the fucking head twice, five hundred times, than be gassed. You know. Oh, one hundred um, fucking percent. But it, but that is a very, a very efficient way to kill a fuck ton of people at once. That like, yeah. But so many problems with it. Yeah, just go with firing squads. If you wanna, if you wanna neutralize a threat, just go with fucking firing squads. Yeah, because the problem with the gas killing a fuck ton of people at once is it's inevitably going to kill some of your fucking people, too. Yes. And it's also going to kill a fuck ton of civilians. It's also going to kill a fuck ton of civilians because these are indiscriminate weapons. This is also the problem with um, nuclear nuclear arms. And, of course, of course, Jews. This is I, I'm sure other TRS people have talked about this recently because I, I, they were talking about. Um, yeah, they were talking about World War Two and, and the nuclear weapons, I think, on um, FTN. Of course, Jews would be the ones who would try to use that technology to come up with a weapon that destroys an entire fucking city, so they can use this like a, like a god, like a goddamn Death Star. You know, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna take the dildo up your ass, or we're gonna nuke your city, essentially. Yeah, 100. percent Speaking of Jews nuking cities, today is the anniversary of the starting of the bombings at Dresden. I just did a stream earlier. That's kind of why I was a little bit behind and. 
kind of scrambling to get everything done here today because I was just on a stream earlier with a bunch of great guys. Um, uh, Mises Dominicus is in here. He was one of them. Jazz Zerby, uh, Borjack. There was a bunch of guys in there. I can't remember all of them. Uh, but we talked about the bombing of Dresden. And, uh, well, just that whole campaign, Hamburg and all the other places that they burned. And I read an excerpt uh, of a eyewitness or an eyewitness account. It was from a woman named Etta West. And she was talking about uh, the bombing and, and how it all went down. And she said within 11 minutes, the United States had dropped 800 tons of military ordnance on Dresden in 11 fucking minutes. Uh, fire tornadoes that were so powerful, they were sucking people up into them. Um, and Holy burned, shit. Yeah, and burned so hot, they, they were recorded as being a thousand, to, a thousand degrees centigrade. Now, I'm too stupid to know what centigrade really means, but it sounds really, it's really fucking, fucking hot. hot. It's really fucking hot. <laughs> it sounds really fucking hot, man. And that's one of those things, man. And I was talking about, um, at the beginning of that stream, I was talking about how big of an impact the documentary uh, Hellstorm had on my wife, really. Like, at the, at the point when... We, when that was brought to my attention, I watched it with my wife. We sat in the living room and watched it. And I already knew that this country was evil, right? I already knew that the United States was the great Satan. That is something I had already, uh, you know, accepted and moved on past. But for her, you know, her dad was in the military and she grew up in, as a military kid. And patriotism, this false patriotism is something that's pretty deeply ingrained in her. And she's, you know, she's a chick. She doesn't think about politics in that way so she just has it uh as by default right this this false sense of patriotism to this disgusting fucking yep. country but then when it's i showed like, uh, you know i can't date libtard women so like the natural uh natural inclination is to go for conservative women and then you go for conservative women and it's like american flag shit all over the place <laughs> they're almost worse which just makes me <laughs> makes me want to kill myself like why are you patriotic for this shit why don't you be patriotic for the white race like that you know the white race has done a lot I've done a lot less to fuck the whole world over than America. Yeah, and I also think uh just as an aside agreeing to that uh being patriotic to the white race, I honestly do think that subconsciously a lot of boomerish like boomer style patriotism is that it is that they're yes. patriot patriotic yes. to the white race. They just uh to some degree don't realize it and to another degree are another degree are afraid of it right they're afraid yes, they're, of acknowledging they're afraid that. to admit it they're afraid yeah. to admit it yeah but yeah that documentary like broke my wife it like, she why started do you, why do you have nostalgia for the 50s and 60s tell me what's yeah. what's what's so different yeah, exactly. about the 50s and 60s guy exactly yeah what what was the one common characteristic about the 50s and 60s that really stood out to you that made it so much fucking better oh yeah right yeah but uh, no the economy was good. Yeah, that's yeah. what it was. We, we had better schools, you know, back in my why day. We have better schools. <laughs> I, I like this, this one. Is fucking, this I'm is... just going to keep asking why, like fucking Socrates, until you faggots admit white people are the best. Yeah, and this is another one of my favorites. I've actually heard a boomer say this, and it, I, I was like my jaw slammed the floor when I heard this. Because it was obvious that he didn't realize what the what the issue was, right? He, he, he just hadn't put the two together. But he goes... In my day, hell, we used to ride to school with our rifles on our backs. We'd ride our bikes to school with our rifles on our backs. Like, yeah, you were able to do that in a white country, faggot. 
But now the nigger would fucking shoot you. He would do a drive-by shooting off of his bicycle with his fucking rifle. So you can't have that anymore. Even though, like, here's here's another thing about this. Like, crime, ostensibly violent crime is lower now than it was in, like, I guess from, like, the 70s to the 90s, right? But white people are way more worried now. They're way more, like, concerned about crime. Like, you got women binging true crime shit and all all these TV shows about all these murderers. I can tell you, like, my personal experience is my mother used to be way more, when we were little kids, way more lenient about, like, letting us just roam around the woods and like come back when it was dark, you know, <laughs> like the streetlights are on time to go home. No, no worries about us getting fucking raped and murdered or anything. Then we yeah. move into a, move into like a medium sized city. And, uh, and it's all like, Oh shit, you're going to, you're going across the street. I'm worrying about you now. And, and this was like a gradual thing that got worse. And it's, I think the reason, one of the big reasons that the crime, the violent crime rates are so low right now, like victimization of whites is so low relative to a couple of decades ago, is actually that people are just more careful. Like if white people acted like, if white people in America acted like they lived in fucking uh, Belgium or something, you know, some some idyllic white place, they'd all, they'd all be fucking lambs to the slaughter because they wouldn't, like, f- there, were, there were American cities like, uh, I guess, St. Louis, I, th- I think it was St. Louis actually had a murder rate higher than uh, Johannesburg or some shit like that. Like they were they were beating South Africa at some yeah. point. And it's because in well, South Africa the whites are used to being under siege and having to worry about niggers killing them at any fucking minute and carjacking them and murdering their families and raping their wives. Well, and in in St. Louis people just aren't that used to South African level crime. So like they can just they, they're just more like lambs to the slaughter than whites in South Africa. That's what I think is going on with a lot of these crime rates. Like, yes, if we weren't so careful, it would be very, very bad. Well, I actually, I actually had this argument with the owner of my company that I worked for, one of my bosses. I had a full-on argument in the fucking middle of our shop, in the middle of the parking lot in our shop, because we'll meet up there in the morning, and everybody kind of shoots the shit before we all go our separate ways and go do our jobs, right? So we're sitting there talking, and I'm talking about drill rap, because I did a whole bit on drill rap for like three weeks. I was talking about this shit. But I was talking about this and he was like, oh, yeah, we, I mean, you, this is, you only realize this stuff because it's shown to you more because of the internet. And he says the exact same thing you just said, you know, violent crime has been on a downturn since the 70s. And I was like, bull fucking shit. And I looked him dead in his fucking eyes. I was like, you gonna tell me with a straight face that Tulsa and Oklahoma City are safer today than they were in 1970? No fucking way. He's like. These nexuses of niggardry, they are absolutely worse off than they were in the past, but it probably uh, – and a lot of this is due to the fact that lead was removed from gasoline. Lead, like, lowers IQ and makes people more violent. Lead was largely responsible for that surge in crime from, like, the 70s to the 90s. And um, – where was I going with that? Well, I know um, – go ahead. Lead was removed from the gasoline. That That got rid of a lot of this problem. But, uh, fucking Christ. I completely Wait. lost my train of thought. Move on. Oh, <laughs> uh, no worries. I was just going to say, in another, like, you were talking about St. Louis having those high murder rates com- as yes. compared to South Africa. But, dude, in, I think it was one year, I'm pretty sure, I'm almost positive it was within one year, the fucking murder rate in Chicago was more than the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan combined, bro. What? 
<laughs> yes, that is an actual statistic. It, it was either between, I'm pretty sure it was in one year. It may have been two years. But within just a few years, the murder rate in Chicago was higher than the entire uh, number of U.S. soldiers killed in Iraq and Afghanistan combined for the entirety of the war. Okay, that that's I, I press X to doubt. There's no that's several Hold thousand on. people. <laughs> Let, yeah, no, no, it is. Hold on, let me pull this up real quick. Give me just a minute. It's a little. Uh, okay, it, I, the point I was looking for was like, yes, these these hives of niggardry are going to be way worse off than even during that uh, lead-induced crime wave that we had for a couple of decades. But the rural areas, the rural areas and smaller towns have probably benefited significantly. They like they're probably safer now than they were back then. Uh, you know, controlling for controlling for the browning of these areas, obviously. Like where I am, not a lot of fucking crime going on. It's ninety percent white. Yeah, well, yeah, you, well, like I've said before, you don't see crime like this with white people. Like I've said before, the only times you'll ever have uh, criminal, violent criminal issues with whites is that there's only two situations where you'll have this: either a, they're a wigger. Or B, they're fucked up on drugs. Or a combination of the two, right? They're either a drug addict or a wigger. Because normal whites don't behave like that, right? This, when you see whites that are all fucked up committing violent crimes and shit like that, that is an extreme outlier, right? Those people are fucked up and they need help, right? Niggers will be totally fucking normal, right? Through their everyday interactions are just hyper-violent, hyper-psychotic oh, people. Like a, they're like a goddamn pit bull. You never know when they're going to snap. There's like no reason or rhyme to it. Oh, shit, I'm going to maul a baby today, you know? Okay, here we go. Let me read this real quick. <clears throat> According to the U.S. Department of Defense, uh, there were 4,424 U.S. deaths as a result of Operation Iraqi Freedom from 2003 to 2010. A 73 additional deaths resulted from Operation New Dawn. Um, so, uh, through December of 2016, blah, 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 for a total... Let me find this. So those are the, um, okay, yeah, total homicides in Chicago since 2001 when the U.S. first went into the war in Afghanistan and then later Iraq is 8,384. So U.S. deaths in Chicago, 8,384 versus war, war, war zone deaths in, in, in Afghanistan and Iraq, which are 6,778. So there were 800 or eight. 1,384 people killed in Chicago versus 6,778 people killed in Iraq. Niggers are more over, dangerous over the same, over over the same, same time, time period. period. Yeah, I was wrong. I thought it was just over a year. So that, okay, I was, that was like, there's like no fucking way. I have a vague idea. I have a vague idea of how much murder goes on in America on an annual basis. So I was like, there's no fucking way. <laughs> there's but no way 20,000 people were killed. <laughs> <laughs> yes. On the same timeline, though, on the same fucking timeline, that's still that's still like, what the fuck? An yeah. entire country that was under occupation and had an insurgent movement against the occupying force had less casualties than fucking <laughs> Chicago. Yeah, dude. And that's just one fucking nigger city, dude. Imagine it's, combining it's all the of worst them. One. Yeah, exactly. Like I've been, I've been to Jacksonville, Florida, and I'm like, fuck, I don't want to live here. Dude. <laughs> and and Memphis, holy fuck, Memphrica, uh, St. Louis, these are all like way worse than Chicago now. 
Like, wasn't oh, Jacksonville? Dude. Wasn't Jacksonville where like those those niggers shot up that rap party and shit? Oh man, I spent uh, a lot of time covering Jacksonville. So one of the deadliest uh, rap wars that are going on right now is in Jacksonville. It's between these guys named uh, Julio Fulio. Yes, yes, that whole thing, dude. In the process of covering that, in just like the three fucking different shows I did covering that, so let's call it three weeks, one show a week, 14 fucking people were shot. Not all of them died, but still shot, right? There were 14 incidents between these two gangs just in the fucking three shows that I, in, in between the three shows that I covered them on. Hundreds of people have been fucking murdered by these niggers down there. And you let's know. worry about white supremacy, though. Like Dylan Roof happened, what, four something years ago? I don't even know. Let's worry about that. Yeah, 100 fucking percent. I mean, well, like I've said before, these niggers have license to do that, right? That's why they're allowed to have, like, multiple platinum records about killing people, and there's, like, uh, evidence of their murder in the fucking, like, they're playing clips from the police fucking scanners <laughs> of their murder in their music video. And, and they're allowed to go platinum and be monetized because they are, um, they are a pool to be drawn from for the cops, right? They know they're there, they allow them to operate, and when they need to make a big arrest, when they need to make themselves look good, they just go take one of them down, right? And other the than that- The logical conclusion is like, it, it is, this system views it as worse to say the N-word on the internet than to walk into a rap party and shoot up 20 people. <laughs> because I get banned from fucking everything, guy. Oh, well, it's, you know, saying nigger at all is, is part of, I call it the nigger doctrine, right? We have the nigger doctrine in this country. And it's funny you say that because I just, I think, just came out today. Uh, this is on information liberation here. Let me pull this up so everybody else can see it too. Let me move the screensaver. From information liberation, Joe Rogan broke a post-World War II unspoken agreement that whites should never be able to say the N-word. Oh, <laughs> this is from yeah, CNN. Oh, yeah. We all agreed on that after World War II, right? Nobody ever said, the, nobody ever said nigger after World War II. Yeah, and that's, that's, this is from CNN. I think this is from a guy named John Blake. It says, Rogan breached the civic norm that has held America... Listen to this. The civic norm that has held America together since World, <laughs> <laughs> since World War II is an unspoken agreement that we would never return to the kind of country we, we used to be, and a white person would never be able to publicly use the N-word again and not pay a price. <laughs> so, <laughs> in case you guys didn't know, not saying nigger is what has held this country together for all this time, right? Well, why is it coming apart? Like, fucking Joe Rogan getting canceled for uh, saying the N-word like five years ago? Why is it coming apart? Like, He won't get canceled. People are paying the price. People are paying more prices than they've ever paid in America. It's just falling <laughs> the fuck apart. I don't know what's going on. Uh, fuck. Uh, real quick, Misat, thank you very much for the uh, 1488, brother. I appreciate it, man. Good looking out. Uh, let me make sure nobody else has done any of the that, things. Joe Rogan, that, that, fucking disappointing as hell. Like, I, I don't understand how you can take fucking steroids for that long and human growth hormone and be such a bitch. Well, and it, it sucks because my brother had gifted, gave me and my wife some tickets to a show of his a few months back. And I was like, man, fuck it, we'll go. You know, because the wife likes to go out and do shit like that. I was like, fuck it, we'll go, we'll check it out. What's the worst that could happen? And when we're going there, uh, you know, I'd had a few drinks on the way, and I was like, well, babe, I might, uh, there might be a heckler situation that happens here, right? So just fucking prepare yourself for that. But we sat there and watched it, and the stand-up, like, his show was pretty fucking good. I mean, he all but came out and, like, 
admitted that Jesus Christ was our Lord and Savior. He literally did that. Like in the middle of his show, he was talking about how if someone came up to a to, uh, to someone who didn't know any better and told them the story of the Big Bang and evolution and then told them the story of Jesus Christ and, and the biblical story, everybody would automatically believe the story of Christ and the biblical story because the story of evolution and the Big Bang are so fucking ridiculous when you actually listen to what they're saying. And he did a good show. He was like, shitting on you know cancel culture he, it was a good show i mean for what it was i mean of course he wasn't like a fucking wignet out there on stage but for what it was it wasn't that bad and now he's like totally fucking jumped the shark like he even did a thing the other day where he was you know this whole time he's been um like an anti kind of like anti-vaccine and shit and saying it's not you know blah, blah 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 now he's like uh backpedaling and he's having he had somebody on i seen a clip going around the other day where he was bitching about all the conspiracy theories going around about vaccines and how vaccines are great but uh yeah he won't be canceled he'll backpedal just enough and he is joe rogan is a a a tool in their propaganda machine 100 percent, he is a tool in in the jewish propaganda machine he is used to keep people who may, who are close to that line of being racially conscious and seeing the world the way that we do, he's made to keep them from stepping over that line, right? He's made to keep them right at that reservoir where they can still feel like they're yeah. speaking truth to power. They can still feel like they're, you know, they have some edgy ideas or whatever, but they'll never take what that What would have been leap. interesting is if Rogan had actually pushed back and not cucked out because they, I don't think they can actually risk canceling him because he's just he's just going to take his audience of millions of people elsewhere, and like I think Stryker said this, like basically they're going to be in contact with us on wherever that elsewhere is. So like he can he can push back and like you know call their bluff, and they're going to have to play ball with him because they don't they don't want all these fucking center leftist faggots becoming Nazis. That's it. You're 100 percent right. They don't want to lose their grip on that that pool of people that's right there on the edge of coming to our he, side he could have given him more shit probably Whoopi goldberg could have taken more of a stand you fucking cuck nigger bitch yeah <laughs> i thought that was funny what old whoopies but Whoopi has go ahead I, I, I was just gonna say something like off topic about like the big bang but it does it doesn't matter it doesn't matter no we could talk about that all you fucking okay. want i i well, love talking yeah, about know, that shit do you know like the backstory of how that theory won out in the scientific community? Oh no, I just know the actual okay. theory. Well, the interesting thing about it is the Big Bang. Um, the Big Bang was uh, championed by a, a uh, Catholic scientist, and it was it was like the Catholic Church when it was when it was accepted by the scientific community viewed it as like confirmation of creation, because the alternative theory, which was pushed by an atheist, this was like the main like science popularizer or whatever the fuck pushing this it was a it was steady state theory which basically posited that the universe existed for all time and will exist for all time and uh it just it never goes away or anything it's just it just shifts into new states and or or stays the same forever whatever the fuck it was it was called steady state theory and it was obviously bullshit and the big bang theory went out and like i said the catholic church viewed it as confirmation because it posits that everything came from this little singularity and just expanded in a fraction of a second into this giant universe. Obviously, that sounds like confirmation of creation, doesn't it? Sounds like bullshit to me. <laughs> I mean, it personally, could be. I don't like. Honestly, like a lot of this, like quantum physics shit, all this, um, all this shit that Einstein came up with, and all these other people, like, I can't understand it because I'm fucking like only 120, 130 IQ or whatever. But 
who knows how much of that stuff is bullshit? I'm not going to say with absolute certainty that it's true, but you could make an argument. I mean, you could make an argument that the Big Bang can be incorporated into into um, Christianity belief yeah. as confirmation of certain theological elements. Evolution is a little more of a challenge, but I th I think that especially if you're like Catholic, that can work too. But evolution, I think, is definitely fucking true. Like you you even with COVID, you see it's it's a reality. It's like an inherent property of life because because of the uh, imperfection of replication of DNA. Like all these errors happen and new proteins are created, which do all these novel functions and, or, or slight changes are made that increase affinity for certain substrates, whatever. There's a million ways that you can accomplish things by, by making little changes to biology. And so I, I, don't, I don't see how you can deny evolution. I do see how you can say, uh, uh, maybe, maybe reject the uh, fixation on the idea that we're, that we're descended from apes and like we have a kinship with these animals because it well, maybe devalues humanity. I could see that. Well, here's my thing with it. I don't believe in ed evolution in the way it's proposed today. Now, I think a lot of adaptation happens in nature, but there's just, and maybe it's because I'm too retarded. I am totally uh, comfortable with, with that notion, like it doesn't bother me, but there's no way you're ever going to get me to believe that I evolved from Fish Monkey Man, right? Because that's what they tell you. They tell you we were an amoeba, and then like a tadpole, and then like a fish, and then a fish that made legs, and then the fish that made legs turned into a monkey, which then turned into you. And that just... It doesn't compute to me. And also because we don't really see any evidence of macroevolution. We see small mm. evidence of microevolution, which is like adaptation and, and survival uh, adaptations. But there's no like hard jump between any two species that I'm, I mean, that I'm aware of anyway. But I'm just a fucking electrician. So that's, that's, that's all a function of like the, the time scales that we're able to view. Like we're only able to see drastic changes in micro uh, microbial life because, because of their rate of replication. That's, that's the explanation there. But like, I don't understand how, how you can actually make a distinction between macro and micro when like, it's all proteins, it's all DNA codes for proteins. Like all of this just makes alterations to proteins and those proteins, uh, like, you, you have a collection of proteins that is responsible for creating these bones. Like these bones are not coded for by the DNA, right? Your, right. your DNA does not code for big lumps of calcium in the center of your body. It, it creates proteins that result in the formation of those. All of this shit is just proteins. And <clears throat> macro versus micro is just the amount of changes, the amount of difference between those proteins in a given in a given biological organism versus another one. That's, it's whatever. I don't, I'm not gonna spurg out and like shit on somebody for having a difference of opinion on this. Um, it's just, it's one of those things. It's, it doesn't matter because ultimately um, the, the victory of our people is what's most important. And uh, as far as evolution is concerned, as long as you're like pro-eugenic breeding, we're, we're good, you know? <laughs> All right, yeah. Eugenics should be a thing and eugenics is like, for me, it's it's funny, just like all of these other things. It's you know, I just thought of this, but it kind of reminds me of, uh, and this might be a shitty analogy, but I think people will understand where I'm going with this. It kind of reminds me of uh, like food and things like that. And, and what I mean by that is everything that is good for you, uh, you almost have a revulsion to right like nobody eat likes really likes to eat like raw carrots and bone marrow right but you know that's what's good for you what you really want to eat is the big nasty fucking cheeseburger that tastes delicious right yeah. it's a similar thing 
with that's because uh, that's because when we were when we were evolving in resource scarce environments like what was scarce was these big fucking reserves of sugars and like simple sugars and fats like yeah that was the stuff that was hard to come by so you're like and and of course fats in particular extremely energy dense compared even compared to carbs all this stuff is extremely energy dense and as as an animal uh not growing up in in a civilization where food is just handed to you like nothing uh, yeah, you're gonna go for the stuff that's really energy dense. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, but the the analogy I was making is like it's similar when you think of like what is good for a nation, right? The things that are right. good for you as a person and good for your people and good for your nation are harder, right? They're not the easy, yeah. fun, you know, laissez-faire things. They're the things that yeah, you they're have not to like. Let's let's legalize fucking Delta Eight and fucking kratom and uh, and. <laughs> Have porn everywhere. Let's let's do all this fucking, let's do all this retarded shit. Let's have safe injection sites. And Joe Biden's gonna hand out crack pipes because we're all about what's what's uh, you know immediate fun, immediate gratification, and all this degenerate shit. <laughs> yeah, like what's uh, what's good for what's good for you as an individual is um, that that's kind of applicable. Like you said, it's kind of applicable to a whole nation. Like yeah, you're gonna have to not suffer but struggle. Like Fashi Gaines says, there's a difference. You're going to have to struggle as a nation, as an individual, to achieve great things. Well, I think struggle is at the core of our being. We have to struggle. I think that is a huge reason we are so – I think that's why people are so depressed and um, confused <laughs> yeah. and, and lost in this world right now is we have no great struggle. Right. My I'll struggle actually, is to find a woman who's not fucking retarded and insane, and and I'm sure if I ever accomplish <laughs> that, I'll just come up with another struggle because life will feel pointless. You know? Exactly, because you have to have that, right? Uh, it's like I've talked about this ad nauseum, but it's like it's, it's mouse utopia, right? We know this. It yes, when you, this when, is definitely mouse utopia. Yeah, when everything that you are supposed to struggle for in order to maintain yourself and your tribe, for lack of a better term, are are laid at your feet, you degenerate. There's no other way for you to go. There's no struggle. There's no way for you to find meaning. So you find meaning in uh, hedonistic pleasure, right? That's your only is playing a fucking first person shooter or some candy crush shit, bullshit ass video game. Yeah. <laughs> That's what most of these people do. No, seriously, dude. They get themselves enamored in these uh, online realities, right? These these virtual spaces. They become a part of their identity is tied to their game character right and i actually read a thing this was fucking years ago this is probably 2016 2017 i was reading a thing where it was saying that although it's fake and your brain like you know it's fake as an individual like vr we're going to use vr as an example they weren't talking about vr this particular article was talking about first person shooters but i'm going to use vr as kind of a part of this so when you put the goggles on when you put the vr headset on you know, once you've placed that on your head, that this is fake. I'm entering a video game. But your mind is not able to separate that in, in a data sense, right? It still computes these things as if they're actually happening to you. That's why when you're in an intense situation in the video game, your adrenaline's pumping, right? Or oh, yeah, if you're yeah. hiding somewhere and somebody snipes you, you jump, right? You get, you get scared because it is tricking your brain into thinking that you're going through these things. And it's, in that, it's unnatural and it, I think it fucks up your wiring, right? When you're doing this and you're simulating these struggles and these battle situations and these high-stress puzzles and all this shit, you're fucking up the wiring in your brain because it's not computing correctly, right? Like the physical output 
isn't matching what your brain is telling you, telling itself that is happening. Is that making? Am I making sense? I I could see that I could see that possibly being true, but I think as far as like the the subject of uh, video games causing violence, I don't think I don't think there's much to that. There might be a little, but uh, it, I don't think it's I don't think it's much of a factor. Uh, I don't know if they um, directly cause violence. I don't think that's necessarily they, true. But I, what I Karen do think they, they 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 fuck people up mentally in some way. No, they you desensitize you. that out. Yeah, yeah. It's like I think, fucking porn. It's documented now. It's well documented that porn causes erectile dysfunction. Like everyone knows that now. Like <laughs> these fucking these fucking assholes even have ads on these sites advertising dick pills. Probably the gas the gas station dick pills that uh, Lez was talking about. <laughs> I still don't understand the porn thing. I guess it's because I was. I mean, like I'm not gonna act like I never watched fucking porn as a kid or like jacked off to a Playboy, right? But when I was, you know, I was born in the '80s, grew up in the '90s. I'm 38 years old. Uh, porn in my day was like you might get like a shitty skin video on like HBO or, or Cinemax, but it wasn't anything like um, we have now, right? No, but no, even no, though, even though, like, holy shit, when I have kids, I'm fucking scared shitless. Yeah, dude, I have a 16 year old boy, and I have to stay on top of him with that shit, man. But um, for me, still, it just doesn't compute. Because I have a girl, I guess, and like I've, I'm a what they call a serial monogamist, right? I've always had a girlfriend. I've never like been single for any uh, extended period of time. So I guess because of that fact, and I guess maybe also my worldview now, but even before I had this worldview, like constantly jacking off to porn is like a weird thing, dude. Like that's bizarre shit. Like that's something that yeah. normal people don't do. Like in my mind, like if you're doing, and I don't want to be too harsh and like, forgive the analogy but like this is just kind of where it goes to me in my mind you're just a few steps away from being like a brutal sexual degenerate like a rapo or a pedo if you're constantly beating off to fucking porn all the time like right watching some guy this is like a really basic talking point but if you're watching some guy fuck another like fuck a woman uh you're 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 one step away from being a cuck and that's probably why there's been a surge in this shit it's warping people's brains to the point where they've spent their entire fucking teenage years jerking off to other guys banging women so now they're cucks you know yeah and then it's a, yes they're cucks and also there's the problem with um return to tradition the sears catalog <laughs> right yeah <laughs> get back to the underwear section and the fucking yeah uh mises dominicus g- uh good night brother thank you for being here and fashy games what's up bub i seen you there thanks for uh coming games, and hanging out. uh but there's also the uh the the problem of um always having to go further right always having to go further these people uh you know start as kids watching you know just innocent like you know normal porn and then by the end of it all they're watching like some weird torture porn shit right where a girl's like hanging from hooks or you know just weird shit that gets in there that's all out there and that's how this shit works half of these white women have like they've been raped in their teen years or as a kid and they've got all kinds of like fucked up bdsm fetishes that i have nothing to (laughs) i'm not into that shit so dude white dating white women is is uh extremely taxing <laughs> well they're broken bro and you know yes. this this is something we have to i kind of get on to guys that i'm friends with all the time about this because a lot of times i feel like we lose sight of the fact that we're all broken right well, white that, women that, yes 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 yeah well, in my opinion yeah. white women are not any more severely broken than white men are right we I allow will them disagree i will disagree 
Okay. But I think I think it's not that much of a difference. It's not that much of a difference. Well, the reason I say that is because, in my personal opinion, like white men allowed our women to fall to this point, right? Of yes. course, they're probably no, worse obvious. off because they're they, more they malleable. They've gotten the right to vote if we hadn't given it to them. Right. Exactly. All of these things are are things where white men have capitulated uh, to white women, and I think in a large degree that has to do with kind of the same thing we were talking about before we came on the show that a lot of times men will put, put up with shit from, yeah. from a woman uh, because they're attracted to them or they, you know, they like them in some way, they don't want to offend the woman, so they'll put up with shit, more shit than they normally would from any other person in order to kind of placate to this woman. And that's what gets us, it gets us into trouble societally and it gets us into trouble in our personal relationships. Like I was saying to you, I think that's a huge problem with... Uh, the relationship status of white men in this world today is that we um, largely have been emasculated, right, by society. We're not the strong men that we used to be, and we don't set those boundaries first, right? We do not go in there, and as soon as a woman does some shit that we don't like, say, hey, yeah. dude, that's not going to yeah. fucking work, right? Like we I was let telling it slide. You, like, all, the women, all the women I've dated in this thing have been, like, at least eights, if, if you want to— you wanna, if you want to like just get a sense for what I'm talking about, like let's use the 1 to 10 scale. Uh, they've been at least 8, so like, I get into relationships with these girls, and I'm just absolutely ecstatic. Wow, this is going to be my wife. She's fucking amazing. So maybe I'll put up with, maybe I'll put up with a, uh, a little slight against me, a little disrespect here and there. I'm, I'm not going to go into examples. It was, it was, in my opinion, really minor shit with, uh, with my ex-fiance. Uh, like, I, I have heard from other guys other white guys uh, who have put up with way worse shit. Like they've dated bipolar bitches and they put up with God, <laughs> a God awful behavior from these women that I would, I would never put up with. I used to think, wow, other guys are, other guys have a uh, way, way higher tolerance for bullshit than I have. And yet it's these little things. It's these little things that made me like less of a man in her eye because I put up with them, you know, at least that's, that's my, no, you're psychologizing dude, it. No, you could not be more correct. It's what I call the subconscious shit test, right? Women, right, yes. Want, yes, yes, women want you to to bully. I mean, this is going to sound funny, but they want you to bully. They want you to be strong. They want which you to why, stand back. Which is why she went back to a guy who's in, who's literally into torture porn. <laughs> Oof. Like that's a fucking hell, dude. Like this is why do you think I'm black pilled? Why do you think yeah. I'm black pilled on white women? Well, and another thing about it is like they don't even recognize this is like a, a uh, evolutionary. I know I just said I don't believe in evolution, but you know what I mean. This is like an evolutionary. It's a genetic trait, right? You this is something that is an evolution to like you know describe an evolutionary process. It's not like right. these processes don't exist in other contexts. Right. Exactly. You know what I mean. So this is like a genetic evolution. Like they need to know that you're strong enough to stand up to them because in a woman's subconscious. Even if without you can't them stand no, up to her, you can't protect her from. You're other a people. bitch. You're a fucking bitch. You know what I mean? And and no woman wants a bitch. And it's small things. This is what I try to explain to people. It's really small things with a woman. These subconscious shit tests. It's it could be something as small as like, hey babe, what do you want for dinner tonight? And they're like, oh, I don't care. What do you want, babe? They hate that shit. That's like nails on a fucking chalkboard. She wouldn't have asked you if she didn't want you to tell her, right? Women want you to tell them what you want. And every time you allow these little slights, these little shit tests, these little uh, snarky comments to fly by, you have lost respect. You have lost what respect. Happens, what happens if I tell her what I want and then she's like, well, I kind of want this. 
I kind of want to say sushi. Well, then you tell her no. <laughs> you just tell her no. Yeah, like, fuck no. Sushi. Fuck well, sushi. you just tell I her, like, hey. Seafood. Women, you, any women listening, I hate seafood and I hate coffee. You're not going to make me like them. And also, stop, stop fucking status signaling. Nobody likes sushi. It's just fucking gross. Stop trying to be cool and saying you like weird chink shit. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody likes that shit. You're going to get liver flukes, bitch. You're going to yes. get liver flukes. You're going to have worms inside your organs, and I'm safe here eating my chicken nuggies. Straight up, dude. Yeah, straight the fuck up. But yeah, man, uh, that's when it goes back to one of these old sayings, and I, I hate to say this, but I actually heard this saying from a nigger, but it holds true. When dealing with women, you have to treat whores like queens and queens like whores, right? You have to treat them sternly and honestly because no one else in their life ever has, right? Their entire life, especially pretty women, especially pretty women. You want to bag a hot chick, treat her like she, I mean, not obviously don't like treat her like she don't like spit in her face and like call her a bitch, but like. Unless she, unless she asks for it in bed, which she probably will. <laughs> right? Well, I don't know, man. I think if a bitch asked me to spit on her face, that would probably be a deal breaker for me. Yeah, like, God damn, no, bitch. <laughs> what the it fuck? <laughs> and I mean, I can, I can be uh, pretty open to some shit in the bedroom, but like spit and fecal play and thing like, it, yeah, there's, no. a, there's a line, right? <laughs> I have a, fucking a line. very pronounced disgust response. And that's probably why I'm a fascist, honestly. Yeah, an aversion to the profane. Yeah. An aversion to the profane, 100%. Uh... But yeah, where are we at here? We're about to go to break. Um, no, yeah, man, uh, that's just it, man. A lot of these, you know, and a lot of this, uh, a lot of these problems that we're talking about compound and, and tie into one another, right? They all do. It's, it's all a part of the same psychological uh, malady that we all have that's been created by fucking Jewish power in this country, right? If we could, if we could learn how to be more, and you know what, I've said this before, it, to me, it's almost a thing of being, when it comes to women and a lot of the issues we have just in life in general, it's because we have been trained to be so uh, repulsed by conflict, right? We have been programmed to be so conflict averse. And that is a big part of what uh, gives men fits with women, right? They just want to kind of go along to get along. They don't want to argue. They don't want to, you know, rock the boat. But like rocking this always the always my was always my approach with relationships like why the fuck would i want to be in a relationship that makes my life more stressful and harder like i mean at least like the good should outweigh the bad you know what i mean like yes you're gonna have more stress being in a relationship trying to raise a family and deal with a wife but maybe she should bring enough to the table where it's worth it and you come home from a hard day of work you get a you get a hug walking through the door and a smile yes. and it's all fucking worth it and you don't want to blow your brains out uh yeah like relationships sh should should be uplifting to both people um, why the fuck did God have to make women retarded? <laughs> oh man, but no, yeah, dude, I agree with that. Like I was telling a buddy of mine, he's having a, a, a big problem with his relationship situation here recently. And I was telling him like, he had just left, he had just lost his girl and he was talking about how, uh, we were talking and he was like, yeah, man, she was, she was, uh, you know, she, she agreed with me on race and she agreed with me on all this other stuff. I couldn't really get her to come around to the Jewish question. And I just don't know if I'll ever have. And I was like, dude, stop, stop. I told him straight up, like talking to my old lady about Jewish power or politics in general sounds about as fun as a fucking fork in the eye. 
I would never want to sit down and have, I love my wife to death, dude. I love her. But that's just not the relationship that we have. I go to my wife to decompress from all this shit, right? I deal with this shit all the fucking time, right? This is what I do. I'm an orator. I talk about this shit. I study these things. And I'm always talking politics. When I go to my wife and my kid and my family, the last thing I want to do is sit down and talk with her and hear her cold ass takes on it. Yeah, but when, you know like, what I, mean? when I was with when I was with movement women, like obviously, like I'm so immersed in this shit. That when I when I was actually having conversations with them, oftentimes it wasn't about this shit. It was just like at least I have this I have this foundation of like we agree on these things, and like so at least we have this commonality, and then we can just ignore those issues because yeah, we agree on those, you know. Yeah, well, that's kind of like, if, and if I can't have that, if I can't have that, it's like, and if I have to deal with like single mothers and fat chicks and drug you, meth, you, meth, look at methed out looking white women, which I'm, this is a 90% white area that I'm in now. And, uh, I'm not liking the options. If I can't have a woman who at least agrees on these basic principles, why the fuck shouldn't I just go to the goddamn Philippines or something? Well, I think you just need a woman that is supportive of your ideas and yeah, principles, right? At least she, fucking tolerate what I'm into. Right. That's at least my don't thing. fucking divorce me because I think white people are pretty okay. For no, 100%. And I, oh, I don't I don't want my sons and daughters being told to hate themselves by their cunt public school teachers. Wow, I'm such a Nazi. Or or being fucking gaslit into completely destroying their fucking lineage by mating with some fucking mud. Yeah. No, you're 100% right. And that's like with me and if my I girl. Can't, that's the thing. Like to sum it up succinctly if i can't have a woman who at least agrees on those basic things and is not going to bastardize my legacy what the fuck is the point of dating a white woman well i mean in my opinion there's just no other option <laughs> i don't know i couldn't imagine uh i have a pretty uh i don't know prestigious lineage right i could tell you off air like my family line and stuff uh so i couldn't imagine having a kid with a nigger and ruining that oh I'm oh a five foot seven descendant of peasant fucking English farmers. Nobody gives a shit about my genes. You know? <laughs> Everybody in this chat has heard and has most likely either held or been in contact with a piece of my family history. Uh, I'll tell you after the show. It's pretty fucking cool. I'm actually really proud of it. But anyhow, um, yeah, man. When it comes, we're gonna go to break after this right here, man. When it comes to women, man, it's one of those things. Like, but with my relationship, like my wife knows niggers are a problem my wife knows the way i look at the world and she just she doesn't get it, it just doesn't affect her right it she just she supports what i do because she loves me and i'm her husband she knows niggers suck she knows she doesn't want to live around these people but she doesn't get into the intricacies of politics and shit because she doesn't give a fuck right that's not her domain she's a, she's a caregiver she's an empathetic person right she's a home builder right she's a life yeah. coach Right. That's what women are supposed to be. Right. And, and I think if, if more guys and also there's an element of this. Um, I'll admit that I have a, I guess, an unfair advantage on a lot of guys because my wife and I, although we did split up. Oh, for are, a you, while, are you like over six feet? Yeah. I am over six foot. <laughs> See, like, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna push back hard on motherfuckers <laughs> who say that, who say that, like, oh, bro, it's about being charismatic. I'm gonna push back hard on that code. That's what I, I was just about to say. It's about like, because like my old lady, she didn't have these views before we were together, right? Like, I have molded these views into her because of who I am, right? I'm a very uh, 
boisterous personality, right? I stand out in a room when I go into it. So, like, I've always had that, uh, I don't know, aura about me. So, like, in my personal, maybe this is just me being uh, cocky. And also, like I said, I have an unfair advantage because me and my old lady have been together since she was 16 and I was 17. But, like, you should be able to mold the woman into your worldview, right? If you're a strong, charismatic man. But I don't know. Like I said, I do have, like, these unfair advantages, I guess, over some. I don't know. I guess really how to put it. Uh, someone in the chat says, read the chat. Um, I am reading the chat. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Yeah, well, somebody's, um, probably, somebody's probably mad that I'm, you know, talking about dating brown women. Oh, he says, John, I'm, I'm about that case. off-white nationalism. Like, let's get those Middle Eastern, North African baddies. <laughs> you know, funny thing, we were at my uh, we were at the pool party Christmas party um, back in December and we had a new guy there. It was his first time hanging out with everybody. And a couple of the guys came up to me and my old lady was there. We were hanging out and they're like, hey, John, we're about to go fuck with this dude. Watch this. So we turn around. We're standing by the Christmas tree. We turn around and they walk up to him and they get around him and they start fucking with him and they get... I couldn't catch, there's music playing, it was really loud, and I couldn't catch the first part of the conversation, but by the time we scooted up and could hear what they were saying, uh, my buddy was like, yeah, dude, you know, and really, it's not totally their fault, right? They're kind of, it's kind of like an animalistic instinct. And anyway, dude, I mean, really, if we bred them enough, if we bred with them enough, <laughs> at some, he's like, at some point, they wouldn't even be black anymore. They would just be white. You know, if we bred it out enough of them, we could just make them white. And the yeah, dude was, <laughs> the dude was sitting there, and they had been doing this for like 10, 15 minutes. And you could just see smoke like coming from this guy's ears. They were frying his brain because they were saying you know, you know all can, kinds of crazy you know shit. Have, you know who can do that? <laughs> that 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 can be the Chinese, the job of the Chinese. Since they're in Africa right now, that can be their job. They can uh, not, well not bleach. What do you fucking call it when Asians like knock up niggers? Um, we're gonna have to. I don't know. Get riced. Ochre them? No. You could ochre them. <laughs> they're like a nice ochre color. <laughs> oh fuck, man. Apparently some fucking Blasian, Blasian was singing the national anthem on the Super Bowl today. I don't know. Somebody told me that. I don't know if it's true. I no, don't care. You know? That's what we're going to rail on the second half. On the second half, we're about oh, to go geez. to break. On the second half, we're going to talk about Nigger Ball and the, uh, the festival to nigger worship that is the NFL. And also this uh, everything is going to be all white. We're going to talk about that a little bit too. But uh, we are going to go to break because i got to use the restroom. Fam, we'll be right back uh, in just a minute. I got to dilate, so. <laughs> He's got to go open his wound, right? We'll be right back, fam. From the magazine Der Angriff, or The Attack, 30th of July, 1928, an essay by Joseph Goebbels, Why Do We Oppose the Jews? Why do we oppose the Jews? We oppose the Jews because we are the defenders of the freedom of the German people. The Jew is the cause and beneficiary of our slavery. He has misused the social misery of the broad masses to deepen the cursed divisions between right and left in our people, to split Germany in half. Sound familiar? This was the real reason that we lost the Great War, on the one hand, and for the corruption of the revolution on the other. The Jew has no interest in solving Germans' fateful questions. He cannot, indeed. He lives because they are unresolved. Were the German people to become a united community with freedom to act in the world, 
the Jew would have no place among us. He holds the trump cards when a people lives under domestic and foreign slavery, not when it is free, industrious, self-confident, and determined. The Jew caused our misery and lives from it today. That is why we nationalists and socialists oppose the Jews. The Jew has corrupted our race, soiled our morals, undermined our values, and broken our strength. He is the reason we today are the pariah of the whole world. As long as we were German, he was a leper among us. When we forgot our German nature, he triumphed over us and our future. The Jew is a plastic demon of decay. Where he senses filth and decay, he appears from his hiding place and begins his criminal slaughter of the peoples. He puts on a mask of friendship before those he wants to betray. Without the innocent victim noticing that his neck is already broken. The Jew is uncreative. He produces nothing. He only trades and products with rags, clothing, pictures, gems, grain, stocks, mining shares, peoples and states. And everything that he deals in was stolen somewhere and somehow. As long as he is against a state, he is a revolutionary. As soon as he has power, he preaches peace and order so that he can enjoy his theft. What does anti-Semitism have to do with socialism? I ask the opposite. What does a Jew have to do with socialism? Socialism is the doctrine of labor. When did one ever see him work rather than plunder, steal, corrupt, and live from the sweat of others? We are socialists who oppose the Jew because we see in the Hebrew the incarnation of capitalism, which means the misuse of people's wealth. What does anti-Semitism have to do with nationalism? I ask the opposite. What does the Jew have to do with nationalism? Nationalism is the doctrine of blood, of race. The Jew is the enemy and destroyer of unified blood, the conscious destroyer of our race. We are nationalists who oppose the Jew because we see in the Hebrew the eternal enemy of our national honor and our ethnic freedom. The Jew is also a human being. Certainly, none of us have ever doubted it. We only doubt that he is a decent human being. He does not get along with us. He lives according to different internal and external laws than we do. The fact that he is a human being is not enough reason for us to be oppressed and bullied by him in inhumane ways. He is a human being. But what kind? If someone whips your mother's face with a whip, do you say, Thank you, he's a human being. That is no human being, but rather a monster. How much worse has the Jew done to our mother Germany and continues to do even today? But there are white Jews. Sure, there are enough dirty dogs among us, even if they are Germans who use immoral methods to oppress their own ethnic and blood comrades. But why do you call them white Jews? That assumes there is something in the Jewish nature that is inferior and contemptible. That is exactly what we think. 
Why do you ask us why we are opponents of the Jews when you are one too without realizing it? Anti-Semitism is not Christian. So being Christian means allowing the Jews to continue to rule, to look on as he slices skin from our bodies and then mocks what he has done. Being Christian means to love your neighbor as yourself. My neighbor is my blood and ethnic comrade. If I love him, I must hate his enemy. He who thinks is a German must despise the Jew. The one determines the other. Christ, too, saw that love does not work in every situation. When he threw the money changers out of the temple, he did not say, children, love each other. Instead, he took the whip and chased the pack out. We oppose the Jews because we affirm the German people. The Jew is our greatest misfortune. That will change if we are truly Germans. When there is dissent expressed in the United States against policies of the Israeli government, um, uh, people here are called anti-Semitic. Uh, what is your response to that as an Israeli Jew? Well, it's a trick we always use it. When from Europe somebody is criticizing Israel, then we bring up the Holocaust. When in this country people are criticizing Israel, then there are anti-Semitic.
All right, and we are back. <clears throat> Sorry, fam. I hope y'all weren't sitting in silence too long. I looked down and realized the fucking break song was over. But uh, yeah, we're back, man. I'm, uh, Mr. Baraki, do I got you here? Yes. Awesome. Yes, sir. Awesome. 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 And yeah, guys, real quick before we get back into it, um, toward the end of the show, when we got about fifteen or twenty minutes left, guys, I'll start paying more attention to the chat. I'm retarded and cannot multitask like that. So if I'm reading the chat, I'll forget everything Meraki has said. Because that's just the way my mind works. I'm a very uh, hyper-focused person. So when I focus on one thing, I completely lose track of what the other thing was. So I can't keep my eye on the chat the way I would like to. So if you guys are trying to uh, say something or get my attention, try tagging me. I'll try to keep a better eye on the chat. But if not, for sure, toward the end of the show, we'll uh, you know, I'll pay more attention to the chat. We'll take some uh, questions and stuff like that. I know I don't usually do that, but uh, Meraki is kind of a... Kind of a legend in our thing here, man, and uh, it's an honor to have you here, brother. I'm glad you're here. So I'm sure you guys may have a few questions for him, and we'll, we'll do that at the end, man. Uh, Chihuahua, thank you for the dollar, and The Rock, thank you for the dollar. I really appreciate that, guys. If anybody else has one done the bit, uh, dollar. one fucking dollar. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, dude. I miss Molly. I liked Molly Meme. I mean, yeah, he was a fag in a lot of ways, but I loved his like breakdowns on things like he used to do these the yeah. bit um what this i hate about the truth about niggas yes the truth that's what it was the truth about not what i hate the truth about yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh i liked molly me man uh i did it sucks that uh i liked alex jones man like i i used to watch his i used to comb through his videos and just find all the crazy freakouts and make compilations for youtube i fucking love i fucking loved watching his stuff and of course you know Dude, I'll and be the honest. funny thing is, like, he's a Jewish shill. Why'd they get rid of him? No, th and that's the thing. Like, I'll be honest, dude. I still like, yeah, I'm not, there's no other, I still like a lot of those guys. I will still watch a fucking Alex Jones bit and laugh my ass off at, at it. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, of course he's a, he's a Jew shill. But I mean, everything on TV is, is made by a Jew, right? Like, it's like, it's kind of like the Christian uh, saying, be in this world, but not of this world, right? I can view these things and not be indoctrinated by them, right? I, I still, like, uh, when G a Gavin McGinnis clip comes across my YouTube, I'll watch it, and he still says some funny shit. Like, the other day, I was watching a clip of him and Anthony, Anthony Cumia talking about how pit bulls are just niggers, basically. And they were talking about how, <laughs> they were talking about how the people who own pit bulls give the same excuses for, like, the uh, people who apologize for violent niggers. Like, oh, it's the deed, it's the deed, not it's the breed. The yeah, and all this other shit, like, no... Pitbulls are fucking violent. They're the nigger of the canine community. We all know it. And just stop. Oh, did you, you know see that? Mean? Did you see that article that said like they're the Jews of the canine? <laughs> 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 it was no. literally written by some fucking Jew. Holy shit! I have to find that. <laughs> no, I've never heard that. But um, I did have a buddy of mine. Uh, he come. He's a. Uh, he used to be in the chats, and he's active on Telegram and stuff. I'm not gonna. Uh, but he's he's come to my house before, you know, he's a good friend of mine, but he is a huge Pitbull apologist. And every chance I get, every time I find something about Pitbulls, I send it to him and piss him off oh, and dude. fuck with him. My my first girlfriend who was sort well, 
I guess technically she was in this thing. She's still like doing fascist shit. It's just like, I mean, her main thing is being a vegan faggot. Uh, but like my first girlfriend was the vegan Nazi stripper. I, I I've referenced Holy on the shit. every now and then. Um, she had two pit bulls, and so I really liked those dogs when I interacted with them. And so I was like pit bull internet defense force for a while, and then Niggy got to me and you know red pilled me on them, and now I'm just like you know full exto. Uh, I with the pit bull, much like with the nigger. Um, I understood the pit bull very well and always knew that everything everybody said about them was true. I actually had my first dog that it was actually that was actually mine that wasn't like a family dog was bought for me uh, on my 18th birthday and it was a pit bull. It was all white with a brindle patch over its right eye. I called him Capone. Awesome dog. Uh, about three years into having him, we acquired another pit bull that was a female oh, by the no. by the name of Loki. Right? They had two litters. Okay, so I had 18 pit bulls all in all, right? I know these fucking dogs. They're so fucking, uh, these two dogs were so aggressive for about four or five months. Maybe, maybe I'll give them a year. I'll give them a year to be generous. They got along. They were able to cohabitate the house, cohabitate the house. Uh, one day in the middle of the day, for no reason at all, they got into a fight at the food bowl. We had both of their bowls, uh, you know, probably three, four feet from each other. They were fairly close. And they got into a fight at their food bowl. From that day forward, they could not even be in the same room. If they crossed paths, it was a full fucking, I mean, a wild, I don't know if you guys have ever heard or seen an actual pit bull fight, but that's one of the most insane fucking things you can fucking be around. It's fucking crazy. And this happened on I'm a gonna, regular basis. I'm going to send this to you. Sorry, I'm going to send this to you on Telegram. It's that Jew uh, Pitbull article I was talking about. Fuck yes, dude. Um, it was completely insane. It got so bad. to At one point, uh, the house we lived in had like a handicap-style ramp. It had a ramp going down the front, uh, well, I guess what would have been four or five stairs going into the house. Um, one day... My boy had gotten out. Capone had gotten out while, because we had to, we had to sh work them in shifts, right? Like, so if one of the dogs had to go to the bathroom, the other dog would have to be locked up, so that dog could get by without a huge fucking fight breaking out. Well, at that time, we still had one of the puppies, uh, Hussein, and my sister, my little sister, had like a Weimariner, this random fucking shitty like gray dog. Um, oh no. So. Her dog was in her bedroom with her. The female was outside pissing, and I had left my bedroom door open to go into the kitchen. My boy got out, seen the other dog, and just bolted for the door. They get into a fight, so we run out there trying to break them up. My sister's Weimariner comes out there and just starts getting attacked. For no, I mean, it wasn't even a party. It was just a fucking dog that was going outside. This got so chaotic, my buddy, who's now dead, ran out and slid and busted his ass on the ramp. And when he hit the ground, the female dog just instinctively grabbed his fucking arm and shook the oh. fuck out of it. I mean, uh. and she grabbed it so hard, he almost passed out. You could see it in his face. His lips turned white. She grabbed <sighs> his arm with so Jesus much force. Christ. I was able to get him apart because I just, they were my dogs. I'd fucking choke them, right? And I wasn't scared to get in there with them. So I was always the one that had to break these fucking dogs up. So I eventually get her off, and I carry her in and throw her in the house and shut the door as my boy's, like, running right behind me, like, fucking 
trying to bite her. Like, he's on my ass trying to bite her. So I get her, throw her in the door, and eventually break it up. But, dude, yeah, within, like, two minutes, absolute hell had been unleashed in my house. And this is all because of fucking pit bulls. I, and it's like that they're like this with everything. I saw a video the other day of some fucking pit mommy that had adopted some fucking brutal pit bull, and she's walking it down the street, and it just attacks some, like, Labrador. Like, the video picks up, and this pit bull is just, like, ripping this Labrador's leg off. And everybody's just standing around screaming and shit. Uh, I think personally that uh, you should have you should have to register your pit bull, and if it attacks anybody, you should be charged criminally. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. If we did that, that would put a lot of blacks in prison. So we can't do that. We have to give people crack pipes, to people crack pipes and safe injection sites. Yeah, dude. That is uh, that is a direct um that's that's direct action right that is their direct action to destroy this that is a civilization destroying action right they're doing that intentionally fashion dance post about this you see now uh speaking of like degenerate fucking weimar tier bullshit we have a a dog fucker literal dog fucker in charge of our spent nuclear fuel now i love america uh i this is like the one thing i i just can't get behind patriot front on um What's with all the America, uh, American symbolism and loving America? Uh, this country sucks ass. We have a that's fucking a, dog fucker in charge of our spent nuclear fuel. That's a good dude. I'm glad you brought that up because this is something I'd like to talk to you about because I love the Merchant Minute and I like all the things you say about America because I agree with you. I just said at the beginning of this, America is the great Satan and it needs to come crashing down as a system, as an empire. But... I actually wrote an article about this a while back about patriotism being about blood and soil. You know, like when I say I love America, I'm not talking about the system, right? I'm talking yeah. about the Appalachians, right? The the Southerners, the pioneers that built this country, uh, the countryside itself, right? That is a one thing I will never get over. Like I refuse to uh, abandon, to, to give up this land. America is fucking beautiful, dude. Yeah. This is a beautiful fucking country, and we built it, and it's ours. That's just my opinion. But um, there is, there is a thing where people need to get, get it in their head that like America, as uh, as an empire, the American system is dead. It's evil. It's rotten to the core, and we cannot have our allegiance be to that. No, like unironically, patriot, patriot front. Uh, their symbols are way cooler than like generic American symbols. I also think the Confederate flag is more aesthetic than the American flag. I don't know if that's an unpopular opinion or what, but it's. I mean, I think uh, I'm right and you're wrong. Uh, which one, the the Tennessee Rebel flag or the actual Confederate flag? I'm talking about that battle flag, my dude. The battle flag, yeah. I love the battle flag as well, man. I love that fucking battle flag. I think it's one of the. But anyway, I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Um, no, no, you're good. Uh-oh, what happened? Patriot Front, Patriot Front are probably like, you know, given what we were talking about earlier about how these people just refuse to acknowledge the reality of what they're actually patriotic for. Uh, Patriot Front are probably the only honest patriotic people in America. Like the, the only, they're the only honest patriotism there is. Like, yes, we're, we're about the founding stock of this country. Hold on just a second, bro. The stream dropped. Uh-oh. I'm trying to see if it's back up or what. Okay, yeah, we're back up. No, 
You're 100% right. Yes, they are about the founding stock of this country, and that is what it's all about, brother. For you guys, I know the stream uh, dropped, and you guys may have missed what uh, Meraki said, but he was saying that Patriot Front's um, patriotism is more genuine because it is a, it is a patriotism to the people who built this country, the, the pioneers and founders of this country, the founding stock, which is, which is exactly what I'm saying. This is what's important for people to understand, right? When we say we love America, we're saying we love Americans, right? Yes. The Americans yeah, that were no, written. I, I do not love the government that committed the, the atrocities of Ruby Bridge and Waco. I, I think they deserve another McVeigh. <laughs> Straight up. No, they do. Uh, or, or another Rudolph or any of those. I actually unironically am fascinated with the story of Eric Rudolph. Do you know that uh, story? No, you're going to have to red bar me on that. Uh, so Eric Rudolph was the Olympic Centennial Park bomber. He was also the guy who he would he he also blew up um abortion clinics. And I'm not like supporting blowing shit up or anything, but what fascinates me about Eric Rudolph is his ability to appeal to the morals of the people. So Eric Rudolph was able to evade FBI capture for five years going through the Nantahala wilderness with the help of the rural people around there. So he wrote these things, these, these little uh, leaflet-type things called Army of God. And uh, he would distribute them around, and his brother was real involved with it and all this stuff. But um, he would appeal to the Christian sensibilities of the people around there, and they got to where they were supporting him, right? And uh, yeah. they would, like, you know, they would leave him food in certain spots. They would let him know, like, hey— the, the feds were over two miles up the ridge doing their searches. You know what I mean? You might want to head yeah. eight miles northeast. You know what I mean? Like, however the fuck probably, they do that. probably the, the, the major advantage that the Taliban had in, in like, beating exactly. the Americans. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Dude, this is what I'm talking about. And that is why everybody should be very familiar with Eric Rudolph and also familiar with the idea of meeting people where they're at. Right, you can win the hearts of minds of people and slowly bring them to where you're at if you do it by meeting them where they're at and then addressing the issues that they relate to and then tying them to your worldview, right? That is the way these things work and that's exactly what he did. And they he was also there's also a lesson in being a radical uh in that whole story too. Uh this may sound stupid to some people and fair enough, it may have been stupid. But there's a lesson here in being a radical. Uh, as Eric Rudolph was evading capture, the FBI and the media were harassing his family, right? They were staked out outside of his house. They were constantly uh, coming and questioning. The FBI was constantly coming and questioning his mother and his brother. The media basically had taken up residence outside of their homes and uh, work. And everywhere they went, they were harassed, right? So his brother, like, broke, right? His brother snapped. And he invited, uh, or no, I'm sorry, he recorded this himself and then sent it into a news game. He recorded himself cutting off his own fucking hand with a bandsaw, with a table shit. saw. And oh. he did that to prove a point, like, look, I will cut off my fucking arm before I will cooperate with you guys against my family. You know what I mean? Like, he was showing his dedication. And like, say what you will about, yes, crazy it may be, unnecessary it may be, retarded, you can say all of that, but... It teaches you a lesson about the dedication of being a true radical and really 
putting your ass on the line for your beliefs, right? Now, obviously, you know, I'm not saying go cut your fucking arm off with a fucking table saw, but I think you get the point of what I'm saying, you know, or most people will. But yeah, well, Eric the fucking Rudolph. One thing you can say about Eric Rudolph, uh, the one thing you can definitely say about him is he definitely believed in God. Yep. <laughs> that's that's the thing. Like I I I highly doubt a lot of people's uh, the sincerity of a lot of people's religious convictions these days. But when you, and this is not to condone violence, but like when you're going out and doing violence like that, blowing up an abortion clinic, I know that you actually believe that God cares about this shit, and you actually want to. Uh, being you want to have God's good graces and favor when you go to heaven. You don't want him being like, why didn't you do something about this? Like this guy actually believed it. Right, exactly. And yeah, obviously we're not fucking sitting here condoning violence. I know it sucks that we have to give those retarded caveats for feds and Jews because they're retarded and they want to use any innocuous thing we say as evidence against us. But obviously we're not condoning doing those things, but it does show you the true uh, spirit of a true Christian when they have the moral conviction to fight for what they believe in when they know that they're not showing hatred but righteous anger anger that is bestowed to you from God and the very anger that God wants you to show like me and my buddy Mr. Whitetuber were just talking about this the other day God has no has no time for a people who will not help themselves we have, uh, and this goes for Christians and non-Christians alike, in this movement and in this world and as white people in general, we have this horrible savior complex where we're always wanting someone else to come save us, to come pull us out of the situation. We always need this great happening or this great leader or this great spiritual thing to happen in order, in order to pull ourselves out of that. But we always ignore the fact that like, neither God nor a leader will arise for a helpless people who will not help them fucking selves. Right, We are to carry out these things on earth. We are to carry out the will of God. We are to be God's representatives in the flesh and blood. Right, We cannot expect this whimsical thing to happen to save us. We have to start taking some self-responsibility and knowing that we do have the moral high ground and we do have the, the righteous path in front of us. Absolutely. But uh, I was going to talk about fucking nigger ball, but I mean, I think, I mean, is there anything really to say about nigger ball? Haven't we all said it already? You, I mean, you see the halftime show. It's like a bunch of fucking names that haven't been re literally haven't been relevant for 20 years. Like Mary J. Blige. I haven't heard of her since like 2003 or some shit. Snoop Dogg. I guess he like smokes weed with Martha Stewart or something. So he's still relevant. Uh, yeah, they do like Dr. A Dre. Another guy who hasn't been relevant in 20 years. They do like a, a, a doggy Super Bowl. <laughs> Fucking Eminem. Yeah, Martha Stewart and Snoop Dogg do like a dog Super Bowl thing. It's just just further evidence of the fucking collapse of this fucking shithole. Uh, so this is kind of what I was alluding to in the very beginning. You can't see it, but up on screen right now is a picture of this nigger bitch who sung the national anthem today. Is this this Malaysian? She just looks black to me. What's her name? Uh, Somebody said she was Blasian. Mickey Mickey Goyton is her name. She may be Blasian. She's kind of like a a, a caramel you, colored nigger. The thing is, you, you you I can't really fucking tell with Blasians a lot of the time. Like they just look like chinky eyed niggers. Yeah, which is really unfortunate. Like I'm expecting to see something really unique and interesting. Like we've bastardized these two races. Let's we smash their genes together. 
oh, it just looks like a chinky-eyed nigger. Yeah, That's I at sad. least want to see something scary, right? Like a man bear pee. Just looks like a chinky-eyed <laughs> nigger. Just looks, like, just looks like a fucking Khoisan or something. Yeah, or, or some fucking, yeah, some stone nigger. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but no, I just don't understand how people can do it anymore, bro. I really don't. Uh, I don't understand how uh, a white man in this country, knowing the, 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 the zeitgeist, of the country, like knowing that this entire system is geared towards hating you, can sit there and watch this thing, sing the fucking national anthem, then go on to watch a bunch of criminal niggers play a child's game for millions of dollars while they're living paycheck to paycheck. Right? That's what fucking blows my mind the most. A bunch niggers, of criminal niggers. niggers, who, niggers who, go ahead. Yeah, niggers who date white women and abuse them. And beat the shit out of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Adrian yeah. Peterson. Adrian Peterson, the token Negro who's supposed to be everybody's favorite fucking running back or whatever the fuck he was, wide receiver, whatever the fuck he was, that nigger just got arrested like today for abusing his wife on like an airplane or some crazy shit like that. And then I'm reading the fucking, I'm reading the article and it's like, oh, Mr. Peterson also has a previous uh, run-ins with the law for child abuse and domestic assault and battery and like, Jesus fucking Christ, man. And these motherfuckers will wear this nigger's jersey. I mean, Jesus. Yep. It just drives me crazy. This is why, like, especially after moving out here, like, I'm glad I'm, I'm glad I'm right next to McNabb, basically. It's just fucking awesome. Watched the movie with him last weekend or some shit. Uh, but, really but dude, cool. the, the, the white people around here, some of them are so low quality. It's, it's like I'm having a hard time feeling pride, you know? No, bro, and, you can't. You and just... I don't like feeling this way, but it's like you, you got fucking sores on your face because you use meth. I, I don't want to be anywhere near you, guy. Ugh. Yeah, but those are broken people, man. I see. I don't know. I think it's because I've been poor my whole life. You know what I mean? I was like really a lot of people talk about I was really fucking poor. Uh, like a year or so ago, I actually went through and recorded a video of my old apartments and shared it on my telegram. It's probably still in there if you guys want to go check it out. But um. Like, I grew up real fucked up, so I've always been around those kind of people, and I know how broken they are, so I've always had, I have a soft spot. When I see people like that, it breaks my fucking heart, man. Uh, I don't have the revolt, uh, the repulsed reaction that a lot of people have to them, man. It's because I know, I know what happened, you know what I mean? I know well, like that they're fucking, sometimes. most of those people's parents got them high for like, their first time, you know what I mean? They never stood a fucking chance, dude, yeah. and it's just... I'm some of these people, like it does break your heart. Like I remember was months ago, Fashy Gaines shared um, on our channel. He shared this like obscure YouTube video, where or, like this YouTube channel where this woman, this methed out woman, kept like posting videos every hour or so for like a fucking forty eight hour period, and she's just fucked up on meth and crying and shit, and she's got sores all over, and. And, you know, he posted this and he's like, this is what they're doing to our people. And that woman, I was not like, I was not like throw her in a fucking oven. Like maybe I would be with some of these guys, you know, uh, loitering around the fucking Hardys like a degenerate. <laughs> but uh, in, in that case, you wish you could rescue them, but you know you fucking can't. Like no, I'm like I'm no, like, no I cannot. You fix can't. Her. This is no. If I like it's, got it's in a, a relationship with a girl like that, I'm not gonna fix her. No, you'd be fucked, bro. It's a structural issue. This is a systemic issue. It really is. I was just talking to my same buddy, <clears throat> who's having the woman problems the other day because uh, she is, she's having some issues. I don't want to talk too much about this guy's, but she's having some issues with some substances, 
and I was telling him, uh, full disclosure, and most people who uh, listen to my show know this. I have been in. I got. I went to prison in 2011. I got locked up. Uh, before that, I was a huge opiate addict. I used to take Roxy 30s like a lot. Um, had I never went to prison, I never would have kicked those drugs because the feeling you get when you're withdrawing off those drugs is un- undescribable. You can never understand what it feels like. And anybody who has the ability to relieve that feeling is going to, right? If you're in the street and you're dope sick and you have the ability to not be dope sick anymore, you're going to go get high. That's just the way it is, man. It's just See, too... It's I've never too tried brutal. Opiates. I've never it's, tried opiates, so I have like no frame of reference for this. It's it's well outside of the physical side effects that you have, which are like shitting your pants, your legs are going crazy, you cannot sit still, uh, cold sweats, um, chills. Outside of all that, you mentally break. You think you're going crazy. You think you're gonna die, or you at least want to die. You lose your fucking mind. And another big part of that is coming out of opioid addiction. It takes you years, really to know who you are because for years you lived your life you made decisions and everything that you did was was based on a drug right all of your actions all of your interactions your relationships your friendships your relationship with your parents your job the way you spent money where you lived how you lived everything was 100 percent dependent on a drug so when that is removed from the from your your chemistry and your thought process you literally have to like relearn who you are right i mean that you really do that's it's crazy but what i'm what i'm getting at is the reason i say this is a systemic issue is because you have to lock people up when people are hard drug addicts like heavy meth users heavy uh, opioid users those people have to be locked away you have to institutionalize them for at least a year and then you have to uh, um, manage their reintegration, right? You have to remove these people from their prior circles, right? Their prior friends. Because if you go back hanging around with people who are still doing drugs, you're going to end up doing drugs again. But the thing is, is you can't just lock somebody up for a year, clean them up, and then throw them back out on the street and expect them to not go back to their friends and, that they used to hang out with, right? We have to have a program in this country where we, like, relocate people. Give them, like, while they're in these rehab programs... You set them up like for me, I wasn't I never went to like rehab for this. Um, this was all done through jail and the penitentiary. Right. But I went through detox in jail for like three weeks. I was immobile, stuck in my fucking cell. It was a bad fucking deal. Um, I got out of county jail, went to prison and I just got lucky enough that the prison yard I went to had a Votech program. And that's where I learned to be an electrician. Right. So I was fortunate enough to just fall into, all, to, into those places, right? I was just fortunate enough that I went to that place that had that program. If we had systems set up in this country where we went and pulled these drug addicts off the fucking street, locked them up for a year, rehabilitated them, got the drugs completely out of their system, because two months in a rehab doesn't get the drugs out of your system. It just doesn't. It doesn't. They may be out of your bloodstream, but they're not out of your system, if you know oh, what I dude, mean. I, I know a guy I know a guy who came off opiates. Um, I've probably known him for close to a year now, and like he's he's been coming off for a very long time, and like just got off the Suboxone, and he's finally like all natural. And you know, you love to see it. <laughs> you yeah, love God to bless see it that because, guy, man. Uh, like I don't know, 
if if there's a certain personality type that gravitates toward those drugs and it's similar to his, then it breaks my fucking heart that we've lost a fuck ton of those people, you know? No, dude, we have lost uh, some of our best people to fucking drugs. Because, like, this is a point I've, I've made with him. I've talked about this with him. Like, in the movement in particular, uh, and, and I'm sure this is true of a lot of people who are attracted to those kind of drugs, like, we have a, a ton of idealists and hopeless romantics, and when you get, when you get burnt out as, a, as an idealist or like a hopeless romantic uh, because the world is so shitty, you will be attracted to copes like that. Well, and <clears throat> anybody who has ever had a relationship with opioids is going to know exactly what I'm saying when I say this next thing. Um, that is especially true for high IQ white people. Yes. Because opioids are a romantic drug. They wrap around you like a warm blanket. Like, it's, it's hard to explain, man, but when you are high on opioids, nothing is wrong, right? You're just you're sailing through life, baby. You know what I mean? It's just, it's one of those things. It's hard. It's hard to explain, man. And that's why it's so dangerous. And that's why we have to be there for one another. And if we know somebody who's struggling with this, you have to work overtime on that person. And you really need to try to convince them to put themselves in an institution because it's, I'm just telling you, that's the only way out of this. It's the only way out. Had I never gotten locked up, I don't even know where I would be right now. I really don't. I mean, I do. I have an idea, and it wouldn't be anywhere good, man. So, yeah, that is, you know, the opioid epidemic is, I guess, and it's also like one of those things that is close to my heart because I went through it, and I watched my fucking mother and father go through it, and, like, my mother has hep C from heroin and shit. Like, I've got a bunch of problems in my life, with that shit in my life, right? So it's, it's something near and dear to my heart. But it is the worst thing that has happened to our people uh, since since the bombings at Dresden, right? I mean, it's it's what brutalized is, and ruined generations okay, you, of the can, best can you, like, white red people. Bar me, can you red bar me on this? Like, why do, why do they share needles? What it, like, dude, needles are dirt fucking cheap. Like, I bought, like, 200 of them for steroid cycles, and I haven't used half of them yet. Uh, why, why does anyone share needles? Sharing needles is a... Um, I've never... First of all, full disclosure, um, I've never got into intravenous drug use. That was never my thing. I uh, snorted pills. Okay. Was, that was my thing. But I do know people who were needle junkies. I do know. And I can tell you that sharing needles, for the most part, is a, in my experience anyway, has always seemed like an act of desperation. People who were uh, sick or really close to being sick and fiend out, and there was only one rig in the room kind of deal. You know what I mean? Uh, yep. But most people, like, that was what I was about to get to, is like, um the devastation this has wreaked on our people, some of the hottest women on earth. I mean, oh, I God. have known some incredibly smoking hot women that just look like fucking mummies now. I mean, they just look like fucking mummies now, dude. That's one of those things like meth or heroin. Like you, um, it does things to your physiognomy and like, you can always pick out that kind of that. You can always pick out that look, you know? And I see it, I'll see it on dating apps and I'm like, nope, not doing it. Yeah, I can always tell uh, an opioid addict by their eyes, man. There is a certain yeah, look dude. in an opioid yes, addict's the eyes. eyes. It's the eyes. Yeah. Their eyes are just cached. Like, with, with meth heads, it's like the fucking gaunt face with the fucking pro pronounced cheekbones and shit and the fucked up teeth and the sword. Like, it's way, way more obvious as far as, like, a, a bunch of other features are concerned. But with, yeah, with opioid users, and I'm, I don't even know a lot about this, 
But with opioid users, you can see it in the eyes. Yeah, their eyes are dead. They're cashed out, man, because yeah. you are. You're just checked out. It's, it's a crazy thing, man. The only thing I think is, and here's, this is kind of like a weird uh, juxtaposition for me because while I think Xanax is objectively the worst drug of the two as far as its effects, it hasn't had the pervasive effect on our people in the way that opioids have now a lot of a lot of women yes a lot of women are hooked on it but not a lot of people are like ODing and dying on it like in the hundreds of thousands right is what i'm saying yeah so it hasn't had that effect but the behavior of someone on xanax is brutal dude it's one of the wildest things you'll ever see in your life just all of your give a fuck is turned off like a switch boom i mean you'll steal shit that you don't even need right you'll like steal like a fucking pack of cookies. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, like shit that not, you don't they're, even they're need. Not anxious about anything anymore. That's, yeah. that's why, right? No reservations, man. And and the crazy thing about it is, is you'll go and you'll act completely insane, and then wake up the next day and not have a clue what. And literally, like, not have a clue what happened. Not have any idea, like, what happened. Um. See- See, I've tried that. I I tried it during uh, my first steroid cycle because I couldn't sleep for shit, and I like I have I've been off that shit for a while. But I didn't notice any of these. I didn't notice any of these effects. It was just like I sleep. Like that's literally what it was. I sleep now. Yeah. No. It just knocks you straight the fuck out. But the thing is, is, uh, you you know, like with all you build a tolerance, right? And as that tolerance yes, builds, and that's why. That's why I couldn't keep doing that. I was like, fuck this. Yeah. Fuck this. Because as that tolerance builds, it's like you're you're. It's almost like you're like sleepwalking, right? It's like your brain is still functioning, but like the the uh, like the thought process is is turned off, right? You're just like the, the point operating the point through when life. I realized this is not gonna work. Was when like I went to work, I you know I woke up, went to work, and then halfway through my shift, I was like, oh my god, I don't remember the last four hours. Yeah, I don't remember that even how I got I was the like, fuck. Okay, work. this is not gonna work. <laughs> yeah, this, dude. Straight up, like I don't even remember how I got to work, but I'm here, like working. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck, dude? Oh man, that was like I, everybody fucking acts like these things are impossible to come off, and then I'm just like, all right, I'm done, and it's over. Like <laughs> I don't. Maybe I'm like maybe I've got some weird biochemistry or something, but I've never everything I've tried. It's been like, well, number one, it's been unappealing. There's, there's like no drug that's been like uh, been worth the downsides, and and they've always been really easy to come off. I, I've never tried any opioids. I'm, I'm not really a you know other than the uh, stint with Xanax, the brief stint with Xanax. I haven't really fucked with downers. I don't like alcohol. I'll yeah. only fuck with that socially, as as like Ambrose and and the rest of them can attest. <laughs> but, yeah, um, no. no, I'm I'm very similar. I had uh plenty of stints with xanax back in the day i used to drink uh lean codeine cough syrup and all that shit and never none tried of that, that never tried that. none of that never shit that. ever uh affected me the way opioids did ever i mean the worst thing from xanax is you have what they call a xanax hangover where you're a huge asshole for like two days after you take them you're just grumpy as fuck oh. Huh. Yeah. See, I don't remember being more of an asshole. I feel like I've always been like um, the same level of asshole. I don't know. <laughs> you think your 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 asshole stays at a nice even keel, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, you know. Yeah. Uh, not me, man. Uh, 
like that's why I don't drink a whole bunch. Like I drink, like you said, very, very rarely. Uh, I drank with Larry when he came down, and I still have. But you gotta, you gotta drink with Larry. You have to. It's, <laughs> it's not even an option. Yeah, I still have liquor from that night, like on the top of my refrigerator, and that was in September, dude. So I don't drink a whole lot, but uh, that's because I do get like uh, I can get pretty fucking rambunctious. You know what I mean? I'm a wild. I, I was, I was just a wild guy growing up, man. So I kind of have to oh, now that I'm older and a little more a little a little bit more wise <laughs> i have to fucking uh monitor myself man well with me and booze it's like okay one one drink say i, I typically go for like a screwdriver one drink all right we got a nice buzz going two drinks all right got a got a nice uh talkative drunk going on three drinks i'll fuck i'm tired <laughs> now. i'm fucking tired i'm autistic i'm not talking to anyone now i'm just sitting in a chair watching what's going on uh and, and it's very easy to fuck up because it's such a narrow range that I have where booze makes me like more gregarious. So, so like most of the time it's just, it, you know, it's just gonna make me sleepier and, and worse at conversation. Which is why yeah. it's not really that appealing for me. Like I'm, I have, both of my grandfathers were alcoholics and I have no inclination to be like them. No, I, I, <laughs> I turn into Rick fucking Flair. When I start drinking, have you seen that video uh, that went around a while back and it was like the retarded kid standing in the swimming pool and he cracks the two glass beer bottles together and shatters them and then starts yes. chugging it? That's me, right? <laughs> That's the kind of shit I do when I start drinking because I have, uh, I'm, 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 a, I'm fucking psychotic, dude. I have, a, <laughs> like when I start drinking, like I have to, I can't, I don't start drinking during the daytime. Not an option. I have to start drinking around like 10, 11 o'clock at night because when I start, we're drinking everything, right? Oh, <laughs> like we're going to drink like, all this I, shit. <laughs> my, I, got, I got this. I've done parody songs with this woman. Like I've written them and, and had her do a couple of them. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, Magnolia, she basically, she's seen me drunk a couple of times and she's, uh, she's basically like, you're, you're the same. You're the same drunk as you are sober. <laughs> And it's because, like, my inhibitions are so fucking strong that there's no drug on this planet that can remove them. That's a you good know? thing. I'm... Be happy. Is it, though? <laughs> Is it, though? Because, like, <laughs> if I could get rid of my inhibitions, I'd probably be way better with normie girls. Eh, well, yeah, maybe. I think that's a, that's, I think that's a big reason I've had such luck with women because I'm kind of fucking goofy like that. You know what I mean? I have very little inhibitions. I... I've just always been like that. I strike up fucking conversations with the guy at the like running the cash register. You know what I mean? And like talk shit and fuck around and uh, you know riff with them. You know what I mean? That's just like the kind of guy I am. So I have uh, I'm pretty much the same guy uh, as well. When I drunk, it's just like more. When I'm drunk, it's just more pronounced and like rowdy and uh, rambunctious. Right? right. <laughs> it's fucking. It's a it's a hell of a, a sight to behold. But guys, uh, we're gonna watch this. I wanna, I wanna talk about this. I still haven't even watched it all. It was sent to me by a friend of the show, Piper, sent me this because she noticed I hadn't talked about it, and she thought it was kind of weird because this is kind of what I do. I'm a, I'm a, a Negro zoologist. <laughs> uh, so this is a warning, or I'm sorry, this is everything's gonna be all white. We're gonna watch this trailer real quick, y'all, and then after that, we'll uh, open up the. I'll start paying a little bit of attention to the chat if you guys want to ask us anything or anything Content like that. Content advisory. Content advisory. You will fed post. Yeah. <laughs> it's just going to get real, fam. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Let me move the screensaver. All right. Here we go. So, like, wait, are you going to be able to pause in the middle of this when, yes. when I want to interject? <laughs> okay. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. We got full control here, Bob. 
All right, here we go. Uh, I can actually even do this for you. Uh, I'll share the audio. That way you can at least hear what's going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. And keep up with it like that. Oh, my Jesus Christ. Come on, motherfucker. There we go. There's that. All right, here we go. I think what annoys me most about white people is when they pretend like they're the victim. <laughs> What's also annoying is when they, you know, when they kill us. Okay, a what bitch, is fragile? bitch. Jamie, pull up FBI crime statistics. Yeah, like when we kill them. <laughs> that's so fucking uh, yeah what's really bothersome about white people is when we kill them you know i often wish we actually live we actually lived in the world that they uh project yeah, I, I wish you know i lived I mean? in the jewish libtard fever dream that'd be awesome there's like nazis all over the street killing blacks indiscriminately <laughs> oh no wait no <laughs> i can't fed post this right <laughs> I mean, in Minecraft or whatever the fuck they say, right? Whatever, whatever thing we say now, dude. <laughs> Here we go. What about whiteness when everything has been constructed around it? Every part of who I am has been distorted or criminalized. It's really just a That Linda Sarsour bitch is literally a terrorist. She's literally a fucking terrorist. Bunch of white lies. <laughs> Why are you criminalizing terrorists? Patriots, you're ridiculous. And you're a fucking chink. One of the definitions of American whiteness is ignorance. Oh my God. Okay, White all right. People. Jamie, pull up literacy rates by race. Yeah, I mean, literacy, like reading comprehension, like math. SAT throw, scores. Yeah, throw a fucking dart. graduation rates, you <laughs> fucking bitch. Yeah, throw yeah, a dart. Sure, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of black women in college because they get fucking admitted in there and they get handed loans and grants by the government. They never graduate, goddammit. Well, and you know the crazy thing about it is they never graduate and they're also handed grades. They literally lower academic oh, standards for these I, fucking niggers. I bet you. I bet, I bet you, like, during the COVID shit with the online learning crap, I bet you blacks have, I bet you their graduation rate has gone up by double digits because it's all bullshit. Well, yeah, and that's, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because this is actually a problem for white kids, too. But, yes, you're 100% right. These blacks are just being passed, right? They don't pay any fucking attention to what they turn in. If a nigger physically turns in the assignment, they got a passing grade. That's literally all they have to do. As a black kid in this country... All you have to do is physically turn in the assignment and you've already got a passing grade. But a problem with this COVID shit, this uh, what they're calling distance learning, at least that's what they call it in my area, distance learning, which is having the kids like log on to the computer and learn online. Our kids are going to be this entire, all of these kids that are suffering through this shit are going to be dumber than yes, the no, generation like, before them. They are not being taught they're anything. Probably doing, they're pulling up their fucking phone and they're Googling all the answers when they take yep. a fucking exam. Yep, they're, Goog they're Googling all the answers and they're not being taught anything. They're just be given, they're being given, I've watched, I've seen it, I've seen my son's work that he's doing. He's being given the electronic version of a worksheet, right? And that's literally all they're doing is read the question, you know, go Google the answer. Read the question, go Google the answer. I mean, my kid's not doing that because I try to pay a little bit more attention, but for most kids, that's what they're doing, man. 
homeschool yo goddamn kids i've been saying that for so long <laughs> like I, I there's a lot of people who push back on this stuff like yeah you got to stay in the school system and fight for you can still go to school board meetings even if you're homeschooling your kids bro I Do think that. people should. I think people should go to school board meetings, even if they don't have kids. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I should. I, go, do, I man. should go to a. I should go to a school board meeting and just start like saying the n word. Because like, let's be <laughs> with honest. A, with a megaphone. Let's be <laughs> that's God's work. That's God's work. And what we need to do is desensitize people to the N word because like they're being too faggoty about it. Like you need to have the N word, and the N word needs to be like the call to prayer. Uh, there should be a, a loudspeaker in every town blaring the N-word five times a day until you fucking people stop being such sensitive pussies about it. Because freedom is the the ability to say the N-word, and God damn it, I am a free white man. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think the, the, the word nigger should be normalized. It is just a common, I've talked about this before, it's just like a common uh, word in my house. Like, I call my wife nigger, my son nigger, my dog nigger. Like, you know what I mean? It's just a, a, a word that is flung freely through the Fashcroft household. <laughs> uh, I, will, I will say this. I am one of the people who usually push back on the uh, homeschool your kids. And it's not for, like, any reason of, like, upholding or, like, being in the institution or being, it's because... I, most like I can't, right? There are a lot of people who are in my situation who just cannot homeschool their kids. My wife and I both work, right? And there's no way that one of us could like not work in order to homeschool our kid. You know what I mean? It just it's for a lot of us, it's economically not possible. You know what I mean? And that's the only reason. I don't necessarily yeah. counter signal it. I think everybody who can should. But sometimes yeah. you hear people saying like, "You're a shitty parent if your kids are still in public schools." And like, well, a lot of people can't help it. You know what I mean? I mean, the Jews have fucking intentionally created a, an economic scenario where you can't get out of their gay system. Like, it's not your fault. Yeah, exactly. Like, I wish, and here in a couple years, it's going to be fucking obviously, it's, it's, of course it's going to be too late, right? My son graduates here in just a few years. But also here in a few years, I'll be a contractor, so I'll be owning my own small business. And then, at that point, we may have been able to. My wife could not work, but at this point, it's just, it's like, it's just not right. economically possible, and it sucks, man. But uh, here, yeah, let's see where we're at on this thing. So Wait, as anyway. long as you teach your sons how to beat up niggers, you know, they're, they're probably going to be fine. Oh, dude, uh, I actually have a lot of good teachable moments with my kid because he goes to public school, right? Like uh, one that I talk about all the time that was really uh, poignant, I guess is the word I'm looking for. It really caught his attention. I seen the light flip switch in his head when this happened, right? Because I'll always ask him, like, you know, what are y'all talking about in school? What are y'all reading? What are you doing? And he, uh, this was his freshman year. He had come home and told me they were reading To Kill a Mockingbird. And I told him, I was like, so check this out. That book is anti-white. That book is the precipice for the uh, anti-white blood libel that they used in the Oklahoma race riots, right? The fact that white women cannot resist nigger dick and that white men kill blacks because white, men, white women lust after them. That is the central narrative in To Kill a Mockingbird, right? Some white woman was lusting after a nigger and having an affair with a nigger, so they killed the nigger for it, right? That's the same thing they use. That's the same blood libel that they used in the Tulsa race riots. Oh, Sarah Page couldn't resist this criminal nigger, Dick Rowland, so she was blowing him in the elevator, and white people wanted to kill him for it. Total fucking bullshit. Well, I mean, you know, we can we can look at like rape statistics and you know get we can we can become informed about the past by looking at the behaviors of people who are essentially unchanged since uh, since 
150 years ago, with the exception of the fact that they're actually way worse than they were back then because of dysgenic breeding and white people handing them resources so that they can do that dysgenic breeding, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, these are a bunch of rapist niggers, and, and they're way worse than they used to be. In, and, and we're talking about people who back in the day uh, did the Haitian Revolution and just fucking murdered women and children and uh, in gruesome ways. Uh, yeah, uh, these are fucked up people. These are fucked up people, and they're, uh, they're blood libeling us. They're accusing our women of being whores as they rape them. Yeah, and, and it was just, it was really interesting. You're 100% right, but it was really interesting when I talked to my son about that. And then at the end of that book, when they finished it in class, when he finished it for his assignment or whatever, he come back and he was like, dude, I seen what you were talking about in there, Dad. And he was like, I didn't see it at first because it didn't start out like that. But by the end of the book, I realized what you were talking about. And it, you, you could tell that like, it clicked with him like, oh, shit, they're teaching me to hate myself, right? They're teaching me to hate my own people. And I didn't, had I never told him that, had I just let him read the book and go on about himself, he might not have picked up on that programming because it's subtle, right? And it's taught to you from a, a position of power, right? Your teachers and these institutions, when you're young, you feel like they have this, uh, and they do, uh, in large part, have this uh, authoritative uh, hold over you. And a lot of times what we don't realize as parents, man, is if you are not active in your kid's life, if you're not doing what I did, if you're not asking your kid what's going on, if you're not talking to them about the things that they're learning in school, you're allowing your children to be raised by someone else. Your kid spends eight hours a fucking day, five days a week at school with these people influencing them and manipulating them and programming them. You have to get in there and, and, and find out what they're doing and deconstruct it. All right, let's see. Let's, uh, let's finish up this thing. We're 41 seconds we into go. it. We are not your problem. You are. Should white people oh, you're today the feel problem. any responsibility for slavery? <laughs> Hell yeah. White Jesus or black okay, Jesus? Nigger. Jesus was not white. Think of geography. Ain't no way Jesus walked around with blonde hair and blue eyes. White culture fears the end of the world. For us as native people, the end of the world already happened like multiple times. Symbols and monuments, these are mementos. That guy who just said that, Symbols and Monuments, that's a rapper by the name of Bun B. He's a total piece of shit gangster nigger. Like, and then that other nigger with his like weird nappy hair and his shitty beanie on his head. Imagine, imagine having these people talk down to us and, 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 and uh, explain to us how our culture should fucking work. Fuck off, nigger. A racism. Bring that statue down. Put up a TCBY yogurt or something. Everybody can get behind. Oh my God. Okay. So neoliberal hypercapitalist <laughs> bullshit. Great. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would rather it Why be a TCB. Put up a Wendy's, nigga. Let's put up a Wendy's, a monument to fucking capitalism, an unesthetic monument to capitalism, nigga. Fuck statues. Fuck artists. Fuck artists, nigga. I mean, I Fuck would unironically statues. rather have a Wendy's than a statue of that nigger Floyd. Oh, to God. be told have about you seen some of the shit that they've replaced these statues with? It's like, uh, it's, there's, I can't remember which one they were they replaced with this, but there was like one that's like this this statue of a bulb head. Basically, it's this fucking black metallic statue of a bulb head, and, wow. and like it's the most unesthetic shit you could possibly imagine. Like these people have no, 
they have no appreciation for beauty whatsoever. Let me, and let me, while I'm on that fucking subject, let's dig into the fucking pride flag. That is the most disgusting fucking blend of colors that don't belong together that has ever been created. It is the most unesthetic pile of shit I've ever behold. Beholden, is that the, beholden, whatever the it, fuck. is that the one that's got like pastel blue and pink and brown and shit like that? Is that the one yeah, you're talking about? The yeah, brown and, and pastel colors and, and the rainbow shit. Like it looks fucking terrible. And of course it does because it's fucking derived from Jewish bullshit. And other people who have no appreciation for aesthetics. No, they're an let ugly fucking, people. Let me have these fucked up side locks and this weird fur hat. <laughs> and yeah. this hook nose. I have such great aesthetics. Yeah, they're an ugly people, so they have no... Like, all they've ever seen around them is ugly. They have no ability to appreciate beauty. Uh, we're going to go ahead and... That's why they uh, have... And this is this is a, like a, a, a T, an existing TRS talking point, but they have to destroy our symbols because they can't fucking compete with them. 100%. 100%. So we got a question. This is from JQ Unabridged. He says, will Meraki consider doing full albums and songs for release? Any current songs we can know about? Well, I'm working. I mean, I, uh, I've got a partially complete album so far. Uh, I think it's got like 10 songs on it, roughly. I'm working on some more Fuck stuff, yeah. but I, I kind of I had a couple of months long hiatus from uh, making songs just because I was so depressed and you know, you get you get unmotivated and depressed, and uh, you get kind of a creativity drought going on. It's, uh, you know, you hate to see it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that shit is fucking tough to do, man. I've never put together there a song like that. There's going to be like a that. new album, though. There will be a new album probably within this year. Yeah, I, uh, I've never put together like an actual song with like my voice track over it but i the intro that i play at the beginning of my show and i've made a couple other ones i've made some mashups just like uh mashups of like edm music with uh clips of like uh, the one i use for my beginning of my show is from american history x i've done some other ones with like george lincoln rockwell and just doing that took me hours so i couldn't imagine actually putting together an original song with like my uh Original like beat and lyrics and shit. It sounds like a fucking pain in the ass, well, dude. Most so. of the time, most of the time, I got it to the point where I could do it in a couple hours. There were there were a couple of odd cases where it took several days. Like the uh, don't want to miss a heeb. Uh, that took me multiple days because I kept destroying my voice, and it would be like, all right, I can't do any more vocals for this now. I guess we're working on it tomorrow, you know. So. Yeah, but most of the time it's a couple hours after after writing it. I should specify after writing it, it's a couple hours to uh, just you know get it all get a mixed layer in. Of and shit. Yeah, a couple dude. hours. Yeah. Uh, Turbo says, "John, didn't Larry just play one of your rap songs a while back?" <laughs> no, nigger, that was a fucking Vince Stapleton song, and apparently I sound just like fucking Vince Stapleton. It's fucking, it was so bad, Meraki. It was so fucking bad. So from the very moment I started streaming, everybody said I sound like a nigger. And I never really noticed it until the other day, Larry hits me up and he's like, bro, listen to this. And he sends me this fucking song. And at the very beginning, the guy goes, yeah, nigga. <laughs> and I always say that like fucking with them. Like right when I pop into the chat or something, I'll say that just fucking around. And dude... <laughs> It was the first time I'd ever heard like nigger 
in my like it's the first time like that I realized like oh shit I do sound like a fucking nigger and I just I just got, I just I was like I, I didn't want to say anything fucker. but yeah you you kind of do, you kinda do have like, uh, <laughs> uh, and I don't think I don't think it's like your natural voice it's just like uh, maybe maybe like maybe you went to public school or something <laughs> no I grew up around. Yeah, I grew up in a real fucked up in a uh, majority black area. It was majority black and uh, had a lot of Hmong, a huge Hmong population. But uh, God. yeah, it I yeah, it was fucked up, man. But um, hey, hey, you may you may have like a slight like slight black sound to your voice, but at least you're not one point five percent nigger. There's that. <laughs> yeah, no, not <laughs> at all. Um. Fuck, I was going to say something uh, about the nigger in my voice. But anyway, I, I fucking forgot what I was saying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I guess I do sound like a nigger. Uh, well, niggers can't fucking pronounce or enunciate properly, so you got that going for you. At least there's that. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much, Phantom Soul. I appreciate that very, very much, brother. Thank you very much. And also, Epstein didn't drive himself thank you very much love you too brother i appreciate that uh man but yeah bro uh has anybody else got any questions in the chat we've been going uh a little over two hours now man i gotta let oh, rock you get out <laughs> yeah, of here he's got here. Sh- yeah you got shit you gotta do brother exactly man so guys thank you all very much for being here Maraki, bro thank you very very much for coming on it's been a fucking blast talking with you we gotta get fashy gains on with you next yes. man yes 100 yes. percent, man but uh, anything you want to say on your way out, any plugs, anything like that you want to do, uh, whether can they follow you, all that good shit, bro. Uh, Telegram, Herschel LB, that's, well, that's my, that's my private one, <laughs> whatever. Meraki, Feddington Post, any of those. Um, I don't know, I got a song coming out next week. Uh, I, think, I think you guys are going to like this one. It's uh, yeah. starring, it's going to be starring Herschel. It's going to be Herschel singing it, so, you know, it's going to be from the Jewish perspective. Dude. I just thought of something, but I want to say it after the show because I don't want to ruin it if you had the okay. same idea as me. Because <laughs> right. I think it, right. I have a good I, idea. I don't, yeah, <laughs> we, we probably did not have the same idea. We probably right. did not have the same idea. All right. Oh uh, shit, man. But uh, yeah, man. Anyhow, thank you very much for coming on, chat. Thank you all very much for being here. I hope y'all enjoyed the show, man. Uh, you guys have a great night, man. As always, take care of yourself and take care of each other. One people, one struggle. God bless, family. Fuck you, fuck you, you're cool, and fuck you, I'm out. Day and they'll 
come night, they'll have our children in their sights. But if they don't have faith, their eyes are blind. They can scream and they can shout, but they can never smoke us out. Keep your rifle by your side. Singing, oh Lord, this earth was made for us. Singing, oh Lord, this I read those off, bro. I said thank you very much. I read off those uh, last three. So let's see. Let's read them off again. Thank you, The Rock. Uh, I'm sorry. Let me get down here. Uh, Phantom, thank you very much for the 20. And it says, nigger. Bissot, thank you very much. Epstein didn't drive himself. Thank you all very much for those, dude. I really appreciate it. God bless y'all. Have a good night. All right, damn it. What are you guys talking about? Fink super chat. I don't see Finkelstein's super chat. I didn't see that one. Now you guys got me feeling bad. And I'm coming back on the fucking air. What chat from Finkelstein? The last thing I have from Finkelstein says, a question for White Tuber. Your video today about the faggot ginger. That was from last night. I don't know. I thought I read off all the ones that I got. If I miss one, I'm really sorry. I apologize, guys. I'm going to get my wife to start uh, taking notes for me, so I quit missing those. But anyhow, thank you all very much for being here. Have a good night. God bless you, family. We'll see you soon.